Hi, and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat with Shell Griggs. I'm so excited uh, for this topic. I think it'll be good, um, and I also think it's important for single people. Um, so I'm your host, Shell, by the way. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my podcast. This is going to be, can, the topic's going to be Let's Chat, Falling Out of Love. So what we will discuss is can a person fall out of love? So I'm going to just start by saying a a very shocking statement. I don't think people fall in love. Now, before you come at me with your pitchforks, hear me out. I don't think love is something that's so irresponsible that you can fall into like tripping over your shoelace. I think love is something that you have to intentionally do. I believe that love is a verb and it's not an emotion. I believe it's an action word. For those of you who probably failed um, some level of English or who just isn't, who aren't very good at it, a, a verb is an action word. It means something that you do. I believe that love is an action word. I believe it's expressed through our actions. And a very good example is if you're an adult, and even when you're a teen and you're able to work, when you first get your first job, you're just so excited. You're going to be the best employee ever, right? The first day you get the job, you're like, they hired me. Oh my gosh, you're telling everybody. You're taking a picture of yourself and you're you know, work clothes, you're just so excited, first day, in this generation, we're probably snapping it, snapping chat, snapchatting it, um, (laughs) makes myself sound, I make myself sound so old in this podcast, but it's okay, um, it's, it's for his glory, right, (laughs) anyways, so you're probably snapping it, you know, you went Instagram, you, you got everybody. I mean, you just cute on your first day. You just, you're so cute. And then time goes on and your job and you begin to start to see, okay, I got to actually work for this money. There's things I don't have to, I don't want to have to do. I have to talk to other people. I have to deal with other people. Not just that I have to deal with, you know, maybe the public, maybe customers. Okay. You know what? Not everybody's pleasant to deal with. And you know what? Someone's going to yell at me. And then all of a sudden, and then there's drama. Somebody at work talked about you. You thought you looked cute in your outfit, but somebody said something about you behind your back. And you run into people who don't like you and who's trying to sabotage you. And all this other drama that if you clear those things out of the drama, that's the same job that, that they hired you for. It's the same job that you signed on for. And it's the same job that you were so excited to do and to have at first. But what happened? You lost the excitement because of things that came up while you were working that job. In love, you have to literally maintain the glow and stoke the fire. And people say water your own grass. And I know people, that's triggering for a lot of people. But I'm going to just say this. 
because they say the grass is greener where you water it. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to even use that kind of terminology. I'm going to say this. Keep your eyes on your prize because if you are married, (laughs) it is so unattractive. When I meet a, a man and he's married and I'm friends with his wife or I'm acquainted with his wife, and I, and I speak to them and me being a friendly person, you have to understand, I'm going to put this out as a disclaimer. I'm a very friendly person. I'm not flirtatious though. I'm very friendly and there's a difference. Friendly versus flirtatious. When I meet a man who is willing to flirt with me in front of his wife or behind her back, behind her back shows that he at least respects a little bit about her not too much though because knowing the nature of women women talk about women behind their backs so it's really disrespectful either way but to do it in front of her face I feels like takes a level of gall and gumption that I just that just disgusts me and turns my stomach but it really disgusts me when I meet a man like that and I'm not fooled what I realize and recognize about that man is that he likes new stuff like the majority of us. You go out and pay $2,000 for an iPhone and your bed doesn't have a frame. You go off, you'll go out and pay $2,000 for a Chanel purse, but you don't have food in your house or you're driving a raggedy car. That $2,000 you put down, you put on that bag could have went in your gas tank. It could have fixed your car. And I'm tired of women driving around with that oil light on for 30 days or more. Now, you had to have, at some point, you had to have that oil change money in your your account. But you you don't do what you're supposed to do with it because you are just looking. You just want new things. Oh, if it breaks, I'll just get another one. That's the society we live in. If it's broken, we'll just get another one. So what that tells me about a man with a wondering eye or a woman with a wondering eye, the Bible describes them as having eyes full of adultery. We're still talking about falling out of love. So bear with me. Having eyes full of adultery, a person can look after a person and lust in their heart after that person. And Jesus, not the New Living Translation, not um, someone who just made this up, not a, some hippie, radical person. Jesus said, if a man looks after a woman, even looks after her to lust after her, he's committed adultery in his heart. Now, these are the words of Jesus. These are not just me taking these scriptures out of context. He's, he's literally context. He's literally talking to the Pharisees. And he said, you've heard it said an eye for eye two for two. But I said, you know, love your neighbor and do good to those who despitefully use you. Then he tells them, you know, how to treat their wives. Don't even look after another woman. Uh, because if you do and you have that lust in your heart, you've committed adultery against that woman. And these were people who thought they could handle following the law by itself. But the law is actually... The royal law that says to love your the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then the Bible goes even further and implores husbands to love their wives the way Christ loved the body of Christ, the way he loved the church and gave himself for her. You're supposed to be dying to yourself as a husband. That's a huge responsibility. And I just don't see a lot of dying in these types of relationships where the husband is is looking lustfully upon someone else. Um, Because that means that when things got hard in that relationship, instead of him dying to himself, instead of him you know, stoking the fires of, you know, desire in their relationship. He, he chose to look elsewhere. And the reason I'm specifically saying he did it versus her, because there's always those people, you don't know what happened on her. And there's always people like that. The reason I say it is him is because he's looking after another woman with eyes full of adultery. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot and she was looking at another man with eyes full of adultery then it would be that she's doing it but what I see so often um, amongst women because our society makes men the prize when the bible says he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor from the lord that means if you find me as a wife then you you found a good thing that's a good thing you blessed but the way our society talks is as if a man who is found by a woman is actually a good thing. And I want you guys to just roll with me for just a second with this, this type of thinking, because falling out of love, you, you guys, I'm tired of hearing this phrase and you won't believe how many women I've heard recently Tell me that, you know, either at work, you know, or something like that, that some man said they fell out of love with them. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you even talking about? And then it it dawned on me. Like, you're saying that you have a short attention span. You're saying that you are looking after new things. (laughs) And I was talking to my brother and I work in the, the, the television industry. So he told me something that was powerful and I'll never forget it. And he said, Shell, men love new things. He said, if you want to sell a man on something, sell him on new equipment because men love new things. And I was like, wow. And I thought about it at first. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And then I started trying it. So, and I hated it at first. I hated the idea that you could just so simply put a man in a category or a woman in a category, but I, I started trying it and it's, I'm telling you, it increased my sales like crazy because men were like, yeah, give me that new equipment. And women were less sold on, on the new equipment. So I did this little experiment without even knowing I would offer it more, more often to men. I would offer brand new equipment to men more often. And it saved so many people because these men were like, yeah, you know, give me new equipment. It was working. And so 
it stuck with me. It became a nugget. It became something that I actually use to this day. And it's, you know, using this idea that men like new things. So what does that mean as a woman? Do you have to be like, try to spice things up every week to try to keep his attention? Well, yeah, you know, I've met this woman. I met this woman and she, she was like, if my husband's going to be with me, she's a single woman. Okay. That's what she said. Any man's going to be with me. He's just going to have to love me for who I am. And she was talking about the version of her who doesn't comb herself, her hair or dress her body up well. And I'm like, what man are you going to attract when your physical appearance is not appealing? Because men like physically, uh, they're just visual. They are visual. And I, at first I was like, they're so sexist. That's not right. You shouldn't have to put on makeup and all this stuff. But after, I mean, cause I've, I've asked God about this and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Because, you know, I, I don't get it. What's up with guys? Like what's, what's up with them? And he showed me that the way he's designed them is to be very visual. They are visual creatures. They like things that are aesthetically pleasing to their eye. Now, women, we like character. We base it off of his potential. But men don't see things like that majority of the time. Majority of men see things that are based on physical appearance and they base their whole lives off of the way things look. That's how you can have a man with a woman who has absolutely no character and she doesn't listen to him. I've seen men literally start to cheat on their wives because they chose women who would not listen to them who did not care about their problems, who would literally not listen to them when they spoke or make silence their voice and and make them feel like less than because they didn't choose her for her character. They chose her for her body. And so then when they, (laughs) when they find someone who actually listens to them, they're like, yeah, you're the one. And in reality, it's not that. Is that the one, the one is the one you chose. So if you're, if you're thinking that, oh, maybe I missed God and picked the wrong woman. Well, if you did, then it's too late. Like you picked this woman. Like, don't try to say, oh, you know what? I get a do over. There's no do overs in that. You don't fall out of love with someone. What happens is that you realize that you made a, a mistake in how you've chosen. And then you try to rectify that by say telling this other person as if it's their fault that you're so you're so fickle and so easily swayed by you know outward things you try to convince this other person that it's perhaps their fault the reason that you're no longer interested in them and they don't understand that you have the attention span of a toddler because you're your life is so, the way you live your life is just so, it's so juvenile and so asinine that you, you know, you make people feel like, oh, I'm in it for the long haul. In reality, you have the game plan. You you have your out already. And I remember being in my, my pastor's office one time 
And I love this man and woman because they have taught me so much stuff. But one of the things they, they, they asked us, it was a trick question and we didn't know we weren't ready. So they were like, what would it take for you to uh, consider divorce with your spouse? And most people said infidelity. You know, that's what I was thinking was the answer. And they were like, if you already know before you get married what would what would make you consider divorce with your spouse, then you you need to leave marriage alone because you already have your way out. So anytime anything goes wrong, that's going to be the first thing that you you would choose. And it was profound because it showed me that a lot of times we come into relationships with our way out already. And then when that person doesn't do something that we like, like a kid, like a little kid, and I say this because I work around little kids a lot. Um, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and I know kids very well and kids are like this if they can't get their way then they have a fit there are adults who operate like children in relationships because as soon as something goes wrong they have a tantrum they things don't go their way and they just literally you know are so picky and they're so you know ridiculous so when I'm saying this to you guys What I want you to consider is that I don't think you can fall out of love. And the reason why I don't think you can fall out of love is because love is not an irresponsible thing that you just do. It's an intentional choice. People who have said they've fallen out of love, I think they stopped making the choice to love. I think that they have made the decision that that loving that other person no longer serves their need. And because it no longer serves their need then they're able to just throw that person away like yesterday's trash because they went into the relationship with their out. Their out was already there. The thing that would make them leave that other person was already in their mind. If things didn't work out, they knew that they could get a divorce. Now, wouldn't it be weird if you had to stay married to the first person you married? Don't you think people would be way more cautious about that if divorce was not something that was so easily, so easy to do in our society? If divorce was one of those things where you had to literally give up um, so much of yourself, unless that person was just being physically harmful to you. If you had to forfeit every single thing that, or every single good thing that you had, or you developed in that relationship with that person, Do you think people would be more cautious when they got married? Absolutely. Because people, if they don't see um, the benefit of staying in a relationship, um, they will easily have their out already going. I mean, they have their out plan, their out game. And I'm not saying I've never done it because I have. I've been like, well, if this relationship ever makes it past this, then we'll do that. And People are like, well, you're just speaking doubt over the relationship. Well, here's the thing, because I've been there. I've done that. If you really love a person and you're choosing to love them um, in marriage, that's understandable. But if you know that this person has something that's a deal breaker before you go into the relationship, leaving them alone is, is better 
to do than to enter into a covenant with that person. So having your out already will cause you to think that you're in love with someone because you're infatuated with them. They, truth be told, the idea of something new is stimulating to your mind and it makes you feel good. The endorphins that form in your body when you are, just think about it. If you've ever gone to the Apple store on their releases, you know how good it feels and smells to be around all that brand new electronics. When you open a new iPad, I've done it, or Apple product, it's like, oh my gosh, you get all this wave of endorphins. And that's what it's like when people get married a lot. They literally get these high emotions where it's like, They get a high, a rush off of, you know, being in a new relationship. And a lot of times people spend their dating, they don't use their dating time wisely. What they do is during the dating phase where they should be getting to know each other, um, they they spend that time actually, you know, in lovey-dovey land, not really in reality being around people that know how to snap them back to reality. A lot of people sneak off and they have these relationships. So nobody close to them in their life knows anything. So when they make these foolish decisions to marry someone, um, then that person is just hit because they don't have truth. They're not surrounding themselves by truth. They find people that validate their relationship. And you know, if it's me, I'm gonna mind my business. If I see something like that, unless you have specifically given me the, the okay to speak into your life over, over your relationship like that, then I will not cross that line. But at least it gives you some kind of insight if you have accountability where someone can say, hey, you know, I've seen you interact with this person and it seems like you guys are just really more codependent and you you're not really in love per se. I feel like you're really just using that person. If you have somebody in your life like that to snap you back to your reality, then you can avoid a lot of mistakes. Somebody that you trust to speak into your life like that. You can avoid a lot of mistakes in your dating phase, let alone marriage. You would never get into a covenant with someone. You would never say, I'm falling in love with you and I've fallen out of love with you. There's no such thing. So I am always rooting for the happy ending. Gotta say, I'm originally a Disney girl. I loved Disney movies when I was growing up. I like the happy ending. I like the prince and the, you know, the princess getting together. You know, I love that idea, but that is not real life. Real life is not a fairy tale. Real life is messy and it's, it's, it's challenging and it, and it it makes you think and it just brings you to the end of yourself. It, it's not like these fairy tales that we see on these, you know, Disney movies. Real life is real life and it'll come crashing in on you if you're not prepared. So you have these people that go into marriage and they're not prepared. They, they have their out already. Like if this person does this, then I will do this. And so they're not really fit for marriage. They go to counseling from people who are going to just say, hey, you know, you guys just go ahead. Don't fornicate before you get married. 
you know, they go or they totally ignore the advice they get during counseling, get married anyways, and then want God to bless what they've done. They want God to just bless their actions as if God is a cosigner or a notoriety or, or excuse me, a notary, notoriety. What am I saying? Like God is a notary, like God will just co-sign anything that they do. And he just loves every little um, disobedient act that they do. God could be telling them, hey, I don't want you to marry this person. Because God has specifically spoken to me about certain guys. One of which is a guy that, for good reason, I see him now. And I'm just like, I see him in his relationship. And I'm just like, that was God's protection when would I let you go because in reality I let him go but we'll for the record we'll just say (laughs) we'll just yeah I don't want to put his name out there but in his situation out because he might listen to my podcast at some point and I never that's never my intention to expose people to expose the enemy I'm here for that but you know to expose people that's not what I do but in reality, I let that thing go because I was like, God, if it's not for you, let this thing fall apart. And guess what? It fell apart. And when it did fall apart, I was glad because I was like, ooh, you dodged a bullet. And I couldn't see that at that time. But now I see that guy and I see his relationships and I'm just like, Lord, you protected me from all kinds of hell with this guy because he was... <laughs> He was something else. He is one of those people who, you know, he flirts with other women, even though he's in a very serious, committed relationship. He does things that make me feel totally uncomfortable. And most of my guy friends, like if they get in a relationship, I like to be friends with their wives. So basically, this guy... I can't be friends with his wife because if I'm friends with his wife, that gives him access to my life and I can't have that. So I had to cut that off. I had to cut that relationship short. But, you know, I have been floored with how many people in the last, in the most recent days have just told me like, hey, yeah, my husband said he fell out of love with me, he left me for another woman and we have a newborn. Or, you know, my husband said he he just doesn't love me anymore and kicked me out the house. Or my husband said, you know, he fell out of love with me. Um, So now, you know, we're divorced and we're living separate. These are actual people I've spoken with. These are actual scenarios that have happened. I'm not making this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Who would use that phrase? Like, I, I've fallen out of love with you. There's no such thing. And I think because we were that Disney generation where we saw a lot of fairy tale and zero reality <laughs> that we thought that it was supposed to be this picture perfect marriage just like this, you know, oh, you have to be, you know, the perfect princess wife and he has to be the prince charming and, you know, everything's going to work off fine. And you'll live happily ever after. The thing I hate about Cinderella is that it says it lives, they lived happily ever after Disney's version, right? 
but in the, in the Hans Christian Andersen version, the stepmother and the stepsisters cut off their feet to fit in these shoes, and then they're banished to the dungeon where birds peck out their eyes. And Cinderella's got some daddy issues. So you know she's taking that baggage and some poverty mindset. So you know she's taking that baggage into that new relationship. I'm just saying, am I analyzing a Disney movie? Yes, because we have to. We can no longer believe these lies and these fallacies that you can fall in love and you can fall uh, out of love. There's no such thing. Love is an intentional act. It's something you walk into. It's not something that you, you know, fall out of or fall into like you're tripping into a puddle of water. It is something that you do intentionally. It's something that you intentionally choose to sow into another person. You would give them the love that you have in your heart. And if you're no longer giving that person the love in your heart, you are literally depriving them. And it's so funny because No one thinks of this idea of falling out of love as neglect, but everyone would think, you know, if a husband touches his wife anymore or something like that, like, oh my gosh, that's such neglect. But in reality, neglect is this idea that you can fall in love and out of love with with people like it's a puddle of water. Like you can jump over it, you can jump in it, you can jump out of it. Like it's not that. It is a very deep and very powerful force that when you actually intentionally love someone, you make them free. So yeah, I think I will do a second part to this. Um, But that's our time for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And this is a discussion that you can continue in your home. But until next time, let's chat.